Well, welcome uh, to the Awesome Boom podcast, and this is the first of uh, my new series during 2021, and today we're going to be talking to my beautiful brother, Nick Bell. Nick is a long-term friend of mine, and uh, we've been extremely close. We work together on our pioneer uh, deep transformational retreats uh, here in Europe, and today we're going to just have a very open and honest, authentic, real conversation about the work that we do, our personal experience with psychedelic plants, the deep journeys that we've been on as individuals, our collective experiences together. And um, we're just going to sort of free flow this whole conversation. And uh, I suspect it's just going to be pretty interesting, pretty profound. And I'm very excited. So, Nick, thank you very much for joining me, my friend. You're joining me all the way from Tenerife. I'm just going to add because you do look very casual here in London. It's very, <laughs> it's, it's, it's very cold and wet. So, Nick has the uh, fortunate lifestyle of uh, being based in Tenerife, which is absolutely gorgeous. Mm. How, long have you, how long have you been there now, man? Oh, four and a half years. Four and a half, five years. Four and a half, five years. I'd say. Yeah. I don't remember what month we are now, so it's a bit hard to pin it down. But yeah, it's uh, it's been a while uh, living in paradise with the sun and everything, which is you can't argue with that. I do feel guilty though when I do post up pictures and I have friends in the UK that I know <laughs> are sitting in like minus three or something like this. So you know you have to be careful. <laughs> yeah. No. Certainly. So a little bit of quick history. So uh, Nick and I first met probably about seven eight years ago i think and um we met through a mutual friend of mine uh, on a peter sage uh, business school uh weekend here in london over near heathrow i remember it well and nick and i uh, just connected we got on really really well and i think it was probably about a year or so after that peter sage business school that I got a, a text message or a, or a random WhatsApp message from you just going, dude, I've just come back from this amazing retreat experience in Ibiza and I've been doing this stuff called ayahuasca and we need to chat. And I was like, okay, well, he sounds extremely excited about this. And uh, I'd obviously heard of ayahuasca uh, quite a few years ago um, before, but uh, the idea of sort of going off to some sort of jungle in the middle of South America and drinking this sort of terrifyingly <laughs> powerful psychedelic brew just sort of filled me with sort of fear and and, and uh, yeah, intrepidation. So so that's how we sort of we really connected, and then it was probably about eight months after we had that first phone call about ayahuasca retreat that i then came to ibiza with you to experience to experience it myself and that was really the catalyst for me um the 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 starting point of what i would call my my personal journey through addiction and deeper self-inquiry self-study and throwing caution to the wind and just going deep into the world of plant medicines because obviously the, as soon as you start you just you just go deeper 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 so you are my beautiful beautiful brother who who got me into this has have held my hand during many of the ceremonies and advised me and coached me um and i've said to you many times for, for that i am hugely hugely grateful and uh, i'll value and love you forever mm. 
so yeah, that's the, that's the, that's a very quick introduction from my side to of, of of how we know each other so well. Yeah, it's, it's it's been a beautiful journey. I love looking back at the the, the journey we've walked. It's had so many flavors. Like I remember when I first met you, like you say in the car park, uh, at an event in in the park in Heathrow, and our mutual friend introduced us. And you know, the the first time we met, we stood there and we shared a we shared a spliff in the car park with each other. Had an edible, uh, had a great conversation. And, and that was really, that set the, the trend for me, for the friendship that we have, because regardless of the setting, we've always had these like conversations that I just, afterwards, I'm like, wow, like, we explored everything and, you know, we, we didn't leave anything off the table. And this was before the plant medicines came in, we first met, we'd go into Chinatown and we'd sit there and eat dim sum for like five hours, drinking tea and just putting the world to rights. But then when we, the conversations we started having at the retreat, you know, and we'd both been through this six, seven, eight hour journey with the plant medicine, we'd had some crazy profound experience. Then we'd find each other, you know, in that hazy glow that you have after the, the medicine journey. And some of those conversations just absolutely blow my mind. Really, really do. So yeah, I'm the same as you, you know, a little bit of a love fest at the start of the, the call here today. <laughs> but it's been, no, it's been amazing. It's been amazing to, to witness your journey. And one of the, one of the really big things for me um, that I found inspiring in watching your journey is, is, is how you, you haven't been shy in dealing with what you've had to deal with. You know, one of the big things I see with the medicine that, that puts a lot of people off is it will show you your shit. It will show you the parts of yourself that you're hiding from and the, the, the bullshit stories that you're telling yourself. And that's hard to see. That's hard to be shown. And throughout one of the big inspirations I've had with you is you've never been scared to do that, but not only, have you never been scared to actually go in and do it? But you've never been afraid to then share that experience with other people, you know, of your vulnerability. Because again, when, when, when you have an online status and people look, they're like, man, Orson's, you know, I can't be like Orson. He's, you know, he's Orson. He does these things. But to be able to share with people the, the human side of, of that whole journey has been magnificent. So it's been really, really beautiful to watch that with you. But I'm, I'm intrigued. Prior to, you said you'd heard of ayahuasca prior to coming to Ibiza with us. Why didn't you take the call to adventure beforehand? You know, what was it that had stopped you getting involved in ayahuasca treats before, retreats or ceremonies before the one we did together? Do you know what, that's a, that's a, that's a really fantastic question. Um, I, I think I can probably answer that really simply and very easily. Fear. 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 Uh, uh, and... and uh, an unimaginable, unimaginable fear that I had. And before, you know, when we first met, I was, you know, I was in the sort of the, the, the thrucks, the throes of, of uh, you know, a long-term, you know, battle with mental health. Although, I was, I, you know, I'd, I'd learned to hide it, you know, very, very well, I think. Um, but I struggled, I struggled hugely with, with anxiety, um, a lot, a lot of negative conversation in my own head, a lot of self doubt. And I knew the thing is, is that I knew from a young age. So during my early, early sort of mid teens, I got really into sort of what you'd call back in like the mid nineties sort of self help kind of sort of books and you know neuro-linguistic programming hypnosis I found interesting because I always I always found people interesting I was always interested in mental health and I was aware that I struggled I was aware from a very young age that I struggled with the reality that I seemed to experience 
I just never knew why. And so I, I, I looked, I certainly did look. And, you know, during my younger years, you, you know, I, I experimented with uh, magic mushrooms and truffles. But I had, I had very different experiences with those back then to the experiences I started to have as I was a little bit older. Um, as far as ayahuasca and going to the jungle, there's just no way my anxiety would have allowed me just the, the, the sheer idea of, of taking myself off <laughs> to South America and traipsing through a jungle to go and drink this horrible tea um, in, a, in, a, in a completely alien environment. To me, it was just absolutely petrifying, petrifying. You know, and, and it remained a complete fear of mine until I had the conversation with you and you were like, oh, I did this in Ibiza and I was able to go, oh, okay, well, uh, I've never been to Ibiza, but I, 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 I know Spain, you know, it's a, fam it's a familiar environment for me. And, you know, there's English people, people speak English, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a couple of hours from London, worst case scenario. You know, oh, okay, you know, I, I feel safe. But also I think... More importantly, when I first started reading about it, my life hadn't become painful enough for me to want to start to explore mm. because I was still able to cover up my pain by alcohol, drugs, mm. you know, life distractions. So it was only, you know, I don't believe there's any coincidences, but that, that time when we started to speak after you'd had your experience in Ibiza, was at a time where I'd been in a long-term relationship for a, a while now. Life had become quite sort of stagnant and stale. I was sort of stuck in areas of work that, you know, I, would just, I was just in just because that's what I'd been doing for a period of time. I wasn't happy. I wasn't fulfilled. I wasn't, you, you, you know, um, I wasn't comfortable with where I was. You know, I felt... That I was coming from a point of lack and felt that I was a victim and I just didn't understand why life was just so bloody hard to be honest and I was drinking and I was abusing drugs and it was just there was just something in what you said to me in this I remember the detailed like hour and a half conversation of you just downloading your experiences and I couldn't relate to any of it of course I couldn't relate to any of it but just fundamentally inside of me and i just felt this feeling and it was the first it wasn't the first time i would felt this feeling i had this feeling before throughout my life but it's this familiarity and it's this sort of pulling towards this sort of something that just almost grabs me in my chest and was just pulling me towards and i just remember having these body sensations going oh and then after our conversation, I couldn't get this whole retreat idea out of my head and ayahuasca and plant medicines. And my head just got started going crazy. There was just this little voice that I was, I was familiar with just going, you need to do this. Like, you, you, you have to do this. You know that you are so desperately stuck at the moment. And, you know, if, if, if Orson is ever going to be able to, to even get close to what you hoped you would be able to achieve in this, in this lifetime, 
then you're going to have to go towards and do something that absolutely terrifies you. And I didn't understand that. I can, I can verbalize that now three years down the line. But back then, it was just this unconscious sort of communication. I just knew I had to do it. Mm. Yeah, fascinating. And so this, this kind of unconscious feeling that you had at the time, was it, did it bring clarity? Was there like, the, as soon as you connected to it and you left, was there... Was there immediately a knowing that you had to be there or did this kind of, did this sit with you for a few days until it, until it, the noise kind of got too loud to ignore anymore and then you, and then you took the step? It was a buildup of noise. It was, it was, it was, a, it was a, it was a slow avalanche of almost a new stream of awareness. I was just like, just, just, just something just clicked. And it, and it was just something in the words that you said. And I remember it's almost like something just been switched on. Yeah. It was like you'd said a, a key phrase of words and something in my subconscious mind picked it up. and was like, ah, mm. ah, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Whatever that guy just said, this is, this is something which you need to take notice of. And yeah. I remember just pondering it, but it just, it filling my head the whole time. And I know in my life, and if something's if something's filling my head a lot, it's for good reason. Yes, I, I know that now. Before <laughs> I thought it was just mental health and stuff to worry about. Now it's I know it's it's it's, it's trying to it's alerting me to something. Take notice, dude. Mm. Right, you 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 need to take notice. Yeah, it, it's 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 such a funny one, isn't it? Like when before I started doing this work, and I had. I've been working with the plant medicine for about four years and I had uh, or something like that and time escapes me often. Um, and I had like a bit of an awakening about a year and a half uh, before that. And, and the funny thing is that prior to, to that awakening and prior to really doing my work and connecting to myself more, I'd be exactly the same as you. When I had this like these, these, these compulsive thoughts or these really powerful thoughts from within, but they wouldn't always have the same flavor. Sometimes they would be of one nature, sometimes they would be of another. And I actually kind of grew up thinking I had a bit of bipolar or something. I just, there was something in there that wasn't quite right. And it was only through doing this work that I realized, no, like all of those things that I was confused about, that's actually the magic of, of what we are. That's where the, 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 real, the real beauty is. But I think within our societies, we're just not really connected to that. There's this, there's this whole energy of doing rather than being, and it, and it, it, it detracts from that. And I kind of had a similar thing to you with, with my exposure to ayahuasca because, you know, after I had this, this sort of awakening and over, then I started connecting with more groups, people who were connected to doing their work and a growth-centric way of living. And a few people mentioned it to me and they would get really excited and they would talk about it. And I remember I read Sting, the singer from the band The Police. He wrote about it in his book and his experience of it. It's magnificent as well. And he's got a YouTube video where he talks about it. But when I was being invited, and these are by people that I know and that I consider friends, it was like there was something not quite right about the invitation. Now, to give some context as to why I think that, in my younger years, through my like late teens and early 20s, I had a big chemical romance with party drugs like, you know, cocaine, MDMA, things like this. And we would have our certain rituals that we would go into when we were, you know, going to uh, have a little bit of a session. So when these certain people were telling me about ayahuasca, I'm like you're selling this as spiritual, but that's just super advanced drug culture. You're basically just all sitting in a big circle, getting high, listening to music. Like, so, so when these people were telling me, and it was all very much, it just sounded like that. And it didn't appeal to me. I'm like, 
you know, that was my youth. I don't want to get into that thing again. And I couldn't see a distinction between it. And then I was um, at a mastermind trip in Cape Town in South Africa, organized by Peter Sage, who you mentioned earlier, the chap whose event we met each other at. And um, there was a, a guy there called Greg, who is one of our partners in the Pioneer Group. And he was on the trip as well. And he and I disappeared from the group and went to have some cocktails. And as we were talking, he started telling me about it. And he'd been working with retreats for a number of years. And there was something so different about the way he spoke. Like, for the first time, it, it, it was being presented to me as a medicine with actual explanations to the medicinal benefits and connections to the medicinal benefits, rather than just, man, this is amazing, let's go see God. You know, let's go trip out, bro. <laughs> and it had this whole different vibe about it. And there was just something completely, completely different. And I remember going to Ibiza. <clears throat> it's the, the trip, I think, before you, you came. Um, I went to Ibiza and I'm there. And we sit in the circle. We've gone through the whole, everything was beautiful. You know, the setting, the people. It was really, really amazing. And then we go into the ceremony. I'm absolutely terrified. I'm not going to lie. And before we go into it, everyone sits in a circle. They light candles. The music comes on. And I'm going back to that thought. This is just drug culture, man. What am I doing? <laughs> what is this? And then I had the experience. <clears throat> and just because we're on the topic of recreational drugs, I think it's valuable to kind of create a comparison here. Because the metaphor that I used and something which came through then is, if we use the metaphor of getting on a bus, let's say, a drug like cocaine or something like this, it's like you get on the bus with great excitement, the cocaine bus. You pay your money, you get on the bus, and you expect it's going to take you somewhere amazing. But it really doesn't. It just takes you on a journey which for a moment is a little bit exciting, and then you come back to square one. And then you think, well, no, I want to go somewhere. So then you do it again, and then you do it again, and then you do it again. And you keep doing it over and over again. It doesn't get more fun. It gets less enjoyable, and it just costs you loads of money. And that, for me, is the experience of recreational drugs. Whereas by comparison, using the same metaphor, plant medicine, it's like you get on the plant medicine bus. It takes you to the most amazing place. You have the most incredible experience. It's all you. It's, 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 it's absolutely insane. Then you come back, and you don't need to get back on that bus again. You're ready to go home and have something to eat and have a rest. And, and I just saw this massive, 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 massive difference. And I remember the moment that difference came through, like I was so thankful that I waited for Greg's invitation to go because it became very abundantly clear that the, the, the container that was being created by the people there and their intention behind why they were doing the work was a massive aspect of where the magic was coming from. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, to to totally. And um, I, 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 I can relate because I, um, when, I, when, I, when I really seriously started sort of looking to go and do the retreat and obviously having, uh, uh, you know, you introduced me to Greg and we would go and have breakfast fairly regularly together. And, you know, because I would ask a lot of questions because I was scared. I was really anxious. I mean, what's camera going to do? What's ayahuasca like? What am I going to see? You know, because in my head, I'd kind of sort of told myself, oh, well, you know, you've done magic mushrooms. You, 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 you've done quite a lot of salvia when you were a teenager. You know, I had some, and I had some very, very weird experiences. So I was like, I, you know... And you can see graphics like the one behind me go, oh yeah, you know, I mean, you know, I can deal with that. That looks really pretty. But like you sort of say, and, and, and I'd never done any kind of ceremony. I'd never experienced a ceremony, you, you know, outside of a, maybe like a religious ceremony, like a wedding. 
but I'd never experienced a sort of sitting in a circle and, you know, setting intentions. Like that was totally new to me. I was like, well, I don't, I don't understand this. Um, you know, I, I, I don't understand what the hell surrender means. I have no idea what this surrender, I keep being told I just need to surrender to the plant medicine. And I, I don't know what that means. Like lie on my back and expose my parts. I don't know. <laughs> and, and I remember, you know, the first time we did the ayahuasca and I was like, Nick, I'm, I'm, can I sit next to you? And we, we, we sat next to each other the whole, the whole, the whole week I was there. And you know, I, first of all, I found the ceremony thing, you know, we dressing in white or, and, you know, it, it, it's all very respectful and setting intentions and listening to everybody and being very, very present, which was all very new to me. And then going for the ceremony of drinking this sort of stuff and the, the, the music and uh, just the energy. And, and, and for me, I remember the first time was just... I was like, wow, this, this, this is, this is something else. And this was even before the medicine kicked in. And then, and then you're there and your ego starts playing up because you can start feeling something happening to your body and you're like, Whoa, what's going on here? And then the ego's like, Oh, I think you're going to be sick, mate. Everyone's going to judge you. <laughs> I go through all these conversations in my head, with my bloody ego. And then I remember looking around the room really anxious, really nervous, feeling all these body experiences that I'd never had before. And then just puking into this bucket and just being, and then just feeling like I've, I've fallen into this bucket and I'm just falling down this tunnel and finding myself in this black cavernous space, endless space, thinking that I've died. And then this light show just kicks off of, imagery which is going through me is coming part of me is all around me is me and i'm just like oh my Mm. god and i remember just thinking to myself thank you because i didn't know what i was experiencing but i knew that whatever i was experiencing was just far more powerful than i'd ever experienced in my life and in that moment actually that very anxious individual who'd been an anxious person since he was a young child, like a very young child full of fear and self-doubt. In that moment, there was actually no fear. There was just this sort of present moment of just experience. And although I found it overwhelming and intimidating, I didn't care. It was just this sort of, oh my God. Life-changing. In just in those moments and the energy you feel from this incredible plant medicine was just whew. yeah it's there was there was an amusing part when i was first going into it because a part of me when i first drank the ayahuasca there was one part of me that the ego thing am i going to make a fool of myself now my big fear was I was going to shit myself and throw up on the shaman simultaneously. So not only embarrassing myself, <laughs> ruining the day for everyone. Uh, didn't manifest, thankfully. Um, but I remember there was a feeling in me of thinking, what if nothing happens? What if I drink it and it doesn't work? Um, which is kind of like saying, what if I drink half a bottle of vodka and I don't get drunk? It's like, you know, something is, 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 is going to happen if you work with the medicine enough. And it was the way that I described this. If you try to explain sex to somebody who hasn't had sex, you, you can't quite do it. You can talk about the mechanism. You can talk about the process that you go through and you can explain the steps, but you can't explain the experience. And it, I find it's very similar with, with, with the plant medicine and with the ayahuasca. I remember the feeling when it first started coming through me 
like it was oh yes it's working oh shit it's working <laughs> like that, as if it became really overwhelming and i remember we were sitting in the circle and everybody was calm and meditative and they're very centered and i just wanted to wig out and do all this craziness and i'm like oh my god i've got to go so, <laughs> again ego like terrified of making a fool of myself i remember i went to, to, to the bathroom I was in there for what felt like six hours, but you know, the way the psychedelics were, it could have been six minutes. But um, I just remember while I was in there, I, it was a moment of falling in love with the plant medicine because I had the experience in my past of getting high for the sake of getting high. And within my system at that moment with the ayahuasca, I had the sensations of euphoria and everything associated with being high. But there was something else. Like when I got high in the past with something, it's like my, my cognitive function started to reduce and reduce and reduce and reduce and reduce until I was just like, you know, vegetables sat there, you know, whatever. But with this, it was like clarity. The deeper I went and kind of the weirder I probably looked from, from the outside, the greater clarity I had in my mind. And, and I would, in that moment, it's, it's I started thinking about my life different things whether it be work or my children or my partner and the problems and the challenges that i perceived in those areas of my life before that moment all of a sudden didn't seem like problems and challenges they just seemed like a step that maybe wasn't as enjoyable or straightforward as the one before it but they weren't problems or challenges and it's there's the einstein quote isn't there you can't solve a, a problem at the same level of thinking at which it was created and for me that's one of the most phenomenal things about the medicine because you get this temporary opportunity to view the entire landscape of your life from a higher perspective and problems just seem to disappear and dissolve at that level and i remember being there thinking thinking oh man this is fantastic i'm going to walk out of this retreat my life is going to be perfect it's going to be so easy. <laughs> I'm never going to have a bad day again. <laughs> and then I learned the big lesson with the medicine, which was that they are not silver bullets. You know, the, you, you don't fix your life by, by having psychedelics. They act as a catalyst for you to be able to see from a place of clarity how to resolve these things for yourself. You know, they're, they're, they're a grand teacher. They don't give you something. They allow you to find the thing that you most need and it was this this is really amazing moment of like what it's probably about 20 minutes of this isn't going to work oh shit this is not this is working i'm terrified oh my god i'm freaking out i'm in front of everybody why did i do this this is ridiculous i wish i was at home and in 10 minutes later like wow <laughs> i'm so glad i did this it was like the craziest 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 20 minutes and of course that was working with the um working with the ayahuasca but i think that one of the again the great discoveries when you start working with plant medicine and not just the plant medicine but the the sacred medicines as well like if we're talking about bullfrog alvarius or cambo it doesn't come from a plant of course it comes from a toad um but if we're talking about if we collecting all these medicines into the same area the beautiful thing is i find them equally as profound in the experience they give you but ultimately different because life as a human being is, is incredibly complex and non-linear and to assume there would be one tool to fit all would be, I think, somewhat, you know, uh, naive. And that's what I love about when we do our retreats. Because when you work with like the mushroom and then you work with the ayahuasca and then, you know, potentially a San Pedro and then you have the rapé throughout. If put together correctly, everything serves to support the other. 
it creates this unbelievably synergetic effect as you go through and everything seems to seems to expand and again when i talk about this i come back to greg our partner because you know the way that he sees creating space in this context is like I've not seen anyone who sees what he sees with that clarity of vision. You know, he just creates these incredible, incredible environments. But um, I'm intrigued. So <clears throat> you came to Ibiza. You had an amazing experience. I actually remember having a conversation with you in the rustic villa at one point, and I was still kind of trippy. And I looked at you, and your face turned into Aristotle. <laughs> like, <laughs> you were looking so wise right then. <laughs> um, but what was the impact when you got home? Like, what, what was the, the, the feeling? What was the initial reaction? Were people around you different towards you? You know, what did you really notice? So, um, after, the after Ibiza, the, the very first retreat experience, um, it, was, it was so profound in so many ways with the combination of starting with a cambo, going into doing the ayahuasca, having the, 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 the mushroom psilocybin, having an incredibly profound experience with, 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 with all the medicines all combined. Actually coming back to London was fairly challenging because I'd had a, a, a hugely profound experience and an experience at the time that I couldn't really explain. I couldn't put into words. Um, I felt different, but I didn't know how I felt different. I, I just had just an, a mind-blowing experience, which I'd, 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 I'd seen things that I'd never thought I'd ever see or experience. So actually, when I got back to London, it was very much like, in my, in my head, my first thing was, I, I need to explore more of this. Like there was, so it, it, it had activated this desire to learn and to, to, to consume information. So I went on, a, on, a, on a, a crazy mission of just reading, watching, learning, um, just digesting as much information about ayahuasca, DMT, obviously the active ingredient in, in the ayahuasca, and then starting to join up more of the dots of, ah, okay, you know, we have been using these psychedelic compounds in, in mental health and psychiatry for, for a number of years. You know, and oh, okay. There's different mechanisms to what what these substances do to your conscious mind and unconscious mind, and how it helps, you know, remove the ego for for, for a period of time, or you know, relax him anyway. Um, so, because coming from my background of sort of behavioural therapy, I'd recognised that what it had given me in a in a in a moment temporarily, albeit was this very different level of perception. And through that different level of perception on one of the experiences that I had, I felt limitless. I, was, I felt limitless for about six hours. And during those six hours, everything in my reality, in my world, just became fluid. I could see everything for what it was. Everything made sense. I thought, you know, in that moment, during that evening, I thought I had transcended my reality and I just got it. Everything just made sense. I could see my life, you know, all the er errors I was making, where I needed to focus on, things I needed to let go. It all just made sense. But sadly, the next day, once I'd come out of that terrific high, that just in amazing moment of 
enlightenment, I guess, personal enlightenment, personal awareness. I found myself crashed down quite hard back in this very 3D, very restrictive reality. And I, I felt very, I actually felt very emotional and I wasn't aware of how to integrate that. Mm. <laughs> so when I got back to the UK, I had this real desire as like, I need to get back to that point because that was incredible and I need to start making notes. I need to write stuff down. I need to explore. Um, so sort of immediately after the retreat, I, I threw myself into a personal deeper exploration of plant medicines where I, you know, acquired more of these, these plant medicines, mainly psilocybin and dimethyltryptamine and just started to play and to play to understand and totally arrogantly thinking that you could even understand this but that was my intention was i need to understand more of this that's the ego of course i need to understand but i allowed my ego to do that and you know for for the whole following year i i was going very very deep into my uh, exploration but at the same time, I was also going deeper into anxiety. I was still drinking very heavily. I was still using a lot of drugs to combat a lot of stuff. So I wasn't doing stuff with the purest intentions. Mm. Um, and a number of occasions, I had some very negative experiences because I was stupid. Just, just a quick question. So, so prior to prior to coming back and you know you you start working with the plant medicines at home and, and doing your own work with them prior to that you know the drinking had been consistent leading up to there and that lifestyle so do you think that because of the vibration of the medicine being you know so much up here and the vibration of alcohol being so much down here do you think that bringing both of those into the system is what caused this anxiety like that you're being pulled in two directions at the same time yeah and that's a really great way of, 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 of putting it actually i found myself I found myself torn between these higher states of what let's just call it consciousness and understanding. And then at the same time, finding my, my cognitive ability and awareness, super restrictive, lots of fear coming through because now I understand it. What I was doing is I, I was opening myself up on many, many levels. So lots of stuff was coming up, but I wasn't integrating. I wasn't processing any of it. Mm. And <clears throat> come up what would you do like to say you something come up would you just kind of like suppress or, or think past yeah okay yeah because even then i wasn't i wasn't in that mindset where i was looking at it as a, as a deep therapeutic tool as i do now it wasn't until i had another very powerful experience sorry clear my throat <clears throat> another really powerful experience that really sort of showed me look you are using this wrong this is, this is a this is a technology this is this is a tool which if used correctly again with the right intentions you are going to start unlocking shit that you can't even possibly imagine right now mm. so stop stop abusing it because i would i would i would i would use dmt at work when i was working in the club i would you know i'd be drinking alcohol using mm. it and you know i'm putting myself into very very challenging situations you know and very stupid situations at times and you know i got yeah i, I got i got i got slapped many times actually by the by the by the medicine for, for being stupid and reckless so 
I mean, we've heard this chat before, but for the good of anyone who hasn't heard this, when you say I was slapped, give us an example. Like, what, 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 what was that experience? You know, what would you define as being slapped by the medicine? Okay, so um, <clears throat> I think one of my most profound experiences, which scared the living daylights out of me, was I'd been working in the club. I got home probably about two o'clock in the morning. Um, I was probably, I, I was definitely drunk. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm not, I'm not sleepy. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to grab the DMT vape pen and I'm just going to, I'm just going to go for an explore. There was a voice, which I, I now listen to full time, but I, I never used to listen to full time because I didn't understand what this voice was. And I'm sure most people, if they're honest with themselves, will know that they do have this little voice, which gives a voice. This little voice was just like, mm, you know, I'm not sure that's the best idea kind of kind of vibe, but, you know, free will, reality, all that, you can kind of crack on and do what you want. Anyway, I, I hit this DMT vape pen, like five big lugfuls, sat on the sofa, went fully submersed into the DMT realm. And I found myself, I found myself in a reality where I was kneeling on the ground, it was pissing with rain. I was up against this white wall and my hands were tied behind my back. And I, I came to just opening my eyes, seeing this wall with graffiti on it. And then I look, I turned to my left and there's a line of women and children alongside me, all in the same situation, all on our knees with our hands behind our back. It's cold. It's scary. Your heartbeat is thumping. You can feel it like, like, like real life, like really, really powerful. Like the most lucid dream you've ever had in your life. And I'm like, oh, I do not like this. I do not like this at all. And I turn my, ne my neck, crane my neck over, and I see about 16 soldiers with two, two vehicles, and they're all pointing guns at us with torches. And I'm like, whoa, it just, it feels so mm -hmm. real. And the conversation which is going through my head is like, open your fucking eyes, grab the DMT, hit it again and you'll punch through this because I found myself in negative situations before. And if you, if you punch, punch some more, it will push you through it. Right. Well, this little voice appeared again in my head. It was just like, don't do it. Anyway, I ignored that little voice. I jumped out of bed, staggered into this, well, staggered into the sitting room because by this point I somehow managed to get into bed. Staggered into the sitting room, grabbed the vape pen, hit it another three times and just collapsed on the sofa. And as soon as my bum hit the sofa, I knew that I'd done something really wrong. The whole scene where I was tied up the wall and, you know, somewhere cold and wet just disappeared. It was like some green screen just just disappeared. And I was confronted with this this energy which was made up it was like it was moving like water but it was created with tiny little triangles all lots of different colors all fluid moving and this thing's energy was ripping me apart it felt like on an on a atomic level i was just being ripped apart by this like this it was just, literally felt like i was being racked and I was absolutely petrified. That's the word I can, I mean, 
petrified to the core of just like, oh, fuck. And all I kept saying was, I am so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And just this, this the message that's coming through is like, you cannot skip a lesson. Mm. Like, so clear, you cannot skip a lesson. It was, it, you know, and it, but it was, it wasn't said like a message like that. It was, it just came through multiple layers. It's like, you cannot skip a lesson. Don't try to do this. We are showing you if you want to work, it's all this sort of stuff. This is the agreement. If you're going to be working with this, if we're going to be showing you stuff, you cannot skip a lesson. And then in an instant, it disappeared, and I found myself in this bright yellow room, full of love, everything is fine, and then, poof, gone. Everything just finished, and I came to in, my, in, in the sitting room, completely lucid, completely clean. Just the, the, everything, the whole experience just switched off. Mm. I didn't touch DMT for six weeks. Bearing in mind, I was using it every day. So mm. six-week break, that's how petrified it was it shook me to the core like i i like i'd be in my head just thinking for days ago oh my god what did i do who was that there's a big slap big slap right (laughs) and then six weeks later i um i had the calling right let's do let's do some dmt so saturday night quite late hit the dmt vape i was very anxious i was very nervous i was petrified still the energy just came up. You could feel it coming up your spine, going into your head. And just, Where did I find myself? Kneeling on the ground, wet, cold, hands tied mm-hmm. behind my back, staring at this white wall. And as I crane my head, and I look at these soldiers as they raise their weapons and they fire those guns, and then you just feel this huge thud hit you from behind. Everything goes black. And you're lifted back up into this yellow space and everything's just shown. See, everything is fine. You just need to trust us. Wow. <laughs> I was just like... <laughs> and I don't think I touched DMT for another like two or three weeks after that because <laughs> it was just so like, oh my God. <laughs> but it was just the, it was just the intelligence. Just, mm. the, just, just this experience was like, it's like putting on virtual reality goggles and going into this different reality where you can feel the water running down your neck. You can feel your heart thumping. You're, you are in absolute fear. This terror is just coursing through your brains. And you realize in those moments you are going to die. Mm. But then you realize that death isn't even real. And then it's just like, oh, lesson. See, everything's fine. Trust us. You've got to have faith. You know this. And it's just, and then you're like, I don't know this. I don't know what's going on. I, I think death is real. <laughs> and they're just like, oh, yeah, but you forget. It's fine. You know, I don't understand. What do you mean I forget? Well, you've been here many times before. This is, this is like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> It, 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 it's so funny in the message that just watching you do that impression just then it, it, it just it reminds me of so many times in the medicine where <clears throat> so many times in the medicine where things have got really really fucking intense like and and there was a time um we were on retreat and it was you know usually sort of towards midnight we have a huge bonfire outside and then the, the the retreat moves into the outdoor stage and I was sat next to the fire and I just haven't had another cup before we left the, the, the chapel and I sat down and and one of the the facilitators served me a repay which 
for anyone who doesn't know rapé is a ceremonial powdered tobacco which is blown into the nose and yes as pleasant as it sounds but <laughs> in the medicine it's it's fantastic but this sent me it sent me into some real deep state and i remember sitting there and then like every fiber of my being wanted to scream help like help me help me like and, and i'm seeing people around me and and i'm kind of looking, fuck fuck help me help me help me i've got to help me help me and then the little voice or a little voice inside said um if you don't do this now, you're going to have to do it eventually. So just do it now. But just, just very, very similar to what you experienced. And the hilarious thing then was that I then sat there and I went, okay. And then there was a part of me, it was like, oh, I just wish I had a, I could have a hug with someone. Like there was this feeling of, I just need a bit of, just, just someone to pat me on the head and say, it's going to be okay. And then out of nowhere, my eyes were closed. You appeared in front of me in a vision, your face floating just with a thumbs up, just like this. <laughs> all the assurances i need and as i sat there i was like oh, okay thank you <laughs> but it's it, it it brings me to this thing like when i first came into the medicine world you'd hear people use terms like the wisdom of the medicine or the intelligence of the medicine and you can intellectualize what that means but until you actually experience it like you had there when you had this one lesson you didn't do the lesson you put it down for six weeks you came back and you're back to that lesson you know, it's, there is an intelligence there. There is a, a journey of evolution which you're being guided through. Um, and I remember I first experienced this uh, after my first retreat going into the second one because we did three ayahuasca ceremonies in the first retreat. And in terms of experience, it was like level one, two, three. You know, it, it got crazier and, and deeper or whatever you want to say with each time. And I assumed that when I went to my next retreat, I would just go one, two, three again. You know, I'd start that sequence because it's over a week and in my mind, it's all you know, the, the cumulative effect of the chemical buildup in the body and all this sort of stuff. So I think it's six months, number, no. First ayahuasca on the second retreat, level four. Like a continuation, it's like, it's like I hadn't left. I picked up what had happened in the last one and it was exactly what I needed, you know? From the last ceremony in the previous one to this one, <clears throat> I'd gone away, I, you know, hadn't necessarily done the work I needed to do, hadn't necessarily integrated everything from the first round. And it's like, you come back and we still have to do this. You know, and there's, it's not just an intelligence and the wisdom of the medicine. I almost, almost feel like the, the medicine is like this really responsible teacher. Doesn't let you get away with crap, you know? No. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> Understands that sometimes the call to be kind to, <laughs> uh, way of doing things is, is, is the way that we grow the most. But you in, inspired me. So when you told us stories of working with the psilocybin and the DMT and the combination of it. Um, I was always really intrigued and your stories are fantastic. Like, wow. It sounds incredible. And I remember the first time I tried DMT, I didn't try it in like a ceremonial setting or a setting with great intention. It was like, Oh, let's try this. Like we've got this, it's all new and had one and that was it. And everyone was looking, how was it? Yeah, it was great. And it was just, and it kind of felt just a bit druggy for me, like just, you know, hey, have a toke of this spliff kind of thing. And I didn't really go back to it. And it's just, again, not using it correctly. You know, as you said, when you were doing it previously, it's, for me, it's not using it correctly. You know, you know, it's fun to see a few colors, but what's the, what's the point? And it wasn't actually until in these last couple of months where I've actually explored with it and combined it with the psilocybin. And wow, like, the psilocybin and the DMC, they love each other. They really, really, they're like eggs and bacon, man. They, oh, they... man, it's, it, it's, it, you're right, it's, it's, it's eggs and bacon. And um, I remember, 
I remember the first time I I combined the two. So after after my big what I call my big kind of ayahuasca ayahuasca breakthrough, which stopped me from drinking and everything like that, and just and literally kind of like rebuilt me over 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 ten days. That was when I then came back and was doing deep deep work because during the ayahuasca it was it, it was sort of explained to me in more detail how to use these things as tools and if you use them as tools with the intentions and everything like that then they're going to create deep advancements you know i mean accelerate you forward should you desire that and <clears throat> i remember like every friday night i would do a, a deep dive with psilocybin by myself and it was Friday night, it was half past 12. I had seven grams of mushrooms inside of me. I was in a deep, beautiful, self-reflective, meditative state, just listening to music, soft lighting on in my, in my sitting room. Really, really good space. Like sorting through some problems, you know, working through anxiety and mental health and just, just doing little tweaks that I do every week. And my voice, the little voice came down and was just like, get the DMT. I'm like, what? I'm like, there's no fucking way I am combining <laughs> DMT with seven grams of mushrooms. Like every expert I've spoken to, they're like, do not do this. So I'm, like, I'm just going to ignore it. Kept going, get the DMT vape. Like, why? Why? Like, literally talking, why? What, what, what do you want? They're like, we want to show you something. I'm like, well, okay. It took me 20 minutes to find it because, I mean, I was, I was deep in a, in, a, in a medicine journey anyway. And I found the vaporizer and uh, I got this clear set of instructions. <clears throat> They're like, we want to show you something. Like, okay. Three big lungfuls. Hold it for as long as you can. Stand up. Stay, st you've got to be stood up. And you've got to remain conscious. Keep your eyes open. I'm like, What? Like, I can't keep my eyes open if you take DMT. Anyone who's done DMT, I mean, you, you go off on this internal thing. You close your eyes and you, you, you're, you're away for a period of time. Anyway, I did these three lungfuls of DMT. Instantly regretted it. Just thought, oh, my God, like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And I really struggled to keep my eyes open. And I was just, like, literally kind of holding my eyes open. Like, oh, as it's, the energy sort of built up. And the whole reality in front of me just twisted and then fractured and where i found myself just left me absolutely gobsmacked like gobsmacked and actually thinking about this this is the first time i've ever talked about this being recorded mm. <clears throat> so seven grams of mushrooms three great big lungfuls 10 second holding as much as you can deep dmt really strong dmt Everything in my sitting room just disappeared. You could see through the walls. Every, every, everything physical, what appeared to be physical, just disappeared. And I found myself stood on what I could only describe as some sort of plinth and looking down on what looked like the universe. And I'm just like, holy shit. Like, I'm just like, what the hell? Uh, but I'm looking at myself, looking at my hands, and I'm in this kind of, tight suit which is this dark gray blue and it's got this sort of blue bright blue pattern all over it 
my hands are this again this gray kind of blue but shiny i'm like but they they look human like i'm just like look at myself going what the fuck <laughs> and then this voice comes down it's like do you want to see what you can do and you're like what like what 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 what, 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 do, you, what do you mean and it's like just think of something and then your head your head your ego just starts creating thoughts and then in front of me just these these screens just popping up everywhere it's like whoa, whoa all these screens of information whatever i'm thinking about i'm like whoa i was just like where the hell am i it's like like literally just looking around and i'm there i'm somewhere else <laughs> you know i'm moving around i'm just it's the most powerful experience and then and then my hand turned into this like robot hand and i'm like oh my fucking god what the hell and then i created this thought of just like what is that and then the whole arm broke apart like some engineer's schematic drawing showing me how it all worked i'm like <laughs> and then it all steps together and then the hands just all turn to like like sand and they all just start to disappear and you everything starts to disappear and then it grows back and you're like Oh, fuck. oh, literally just looking at yourself, just going like I'm looking at yourself and you're, everything's just changing. I know this sounds really bizarre, but remember you're on seven grams and you've just done a load of DMT. So it all makes sense in the moment. <laughs> but the resounding message behind it is that for, for, for me has always been from day one is that we are having a human experience in this quantum reality that we create. There is no such thing as death. Mm. Nothing is physical. Everything is vibration and frequency. And it was in those moments that it started to really expand the consciousness of, ah, we create our own reality. Oh, okay. And then it was just all these lessons started to come in of how you can improve your human experience, your human reality by using this technology to shift your perception so then you can learn from those perceptions. And then when you come back into the 3D, once the, 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 the medicines wear off, you then have to integrate that, that energy, that vibration into the, your 3D physical reality. And with practice, you know, you can learn to tune back into that vibration because everything's just a vibration. And if you do, everything changes. And I'm just like, oh my God. And especially from my background of working with people of trying to change human behavior with, with, with drug addictions and mental health, I'm like, hold on. This is what the scientists have been talking about of, you know, psychedelics, move your brain into a, a position of neuroplasticity. And if there's neuroplasticity, it becomes less rigid. And when it's less rigid, you can reprogram. Mm. So then I'm like, okay, so... I can start using psilocybin, I can start using DMT, and I can start listening to audiobooks at one and a half times the speed and just start taking that information in. And I can, oh, I can start thinking about areas of my life which I am concerned about, anxiety, say, lack of confidence. And I can start under the influence of psilocybin whilst my brain is in a neuroplasticity state, mode even, I can start thinking about what it must feel like to be super confident. 
Mm. And I can, I can spend eight hours in my flat every Friday night walking around, charging myself as this super confidence boom. What's it like to stand in front of a video camera, do videos, publish yourself, become authentic. What, oh my God, what does it feel like to be authentic? Fuck. Oh, this is exciting now. What does it feel like not to have any fear? Oh my God, let's just do this. Let's imagine you getting up on stage and talking to 500 people about your mental health and experiences. Imagine doing this, imagine doing that. And then what you're doing is you're pulling in that positive vibration of, I already am this. This is already inside of me. Mm. I struggle to get to that point because I have created limitations and rules to my belief system. But actually, in fact, there's limitless possibilities. I don't have to believe that I'm, I'm anxious. I don't have to think that situations will make me anxious. I can think to myself, no, 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 I'm cool with that. You can build that vibration into you. And that's when it starts to get really exciting. It get, it start, it, that's when it started to move me away from, I'm just doing DMT every day to explore and to understand, to I'm going to start combining psilocybin DMT in meditation to start to neural hack your reality, your belief systems, mm -hmm. your limitations, the codes, the stories you tell yourself. And as you combine that with understanding human psychology and reprogramming, then you're like, oh my God, this is, this is a bit like a film. This is, this is allowing me to hack my reality. This is allowing me to reprogram my belief systems. And very quickly, you can make what I describe as quantum timeline leaps into new realities that you can experience. And the, 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 the shifts that I've managed to create in my own personal life, you know, my wife, my friends, my family, just like, like, fuck, how did you do this? You're so different. I'm like, I just told myself different stories. Mm. I've let go of the past. I've done this thing called healing. I've recognized that there's so many subconscious programs which just run subconsciously, which hold me back, which create fear, which create limitation, create victimhood, create scarcity. These are all just programs which are just running and I can allow them just to run or using the psychedelic plant compounds, the right set and setting, the right intention, the right facilitators, the right guidance, we can really start making massive, massive jumps in our mental health, our awareness, our consciousness. And like you sort of said before, you know, you can't resolve issues from the same level of consciousness that those issues were created at. But the beautiful thing with these plant medicines, it appears, you know, through my personal experience and, and, and watching many other people go for this journey, is it allows you to shift your perspective, your perception of your life experience that you're having. And through that, view it through different lenses and through viewing it through different lenses, a different level of awareness. Then as you've said before, it doesn't seem so bad. Or you can see different routes. You can see different solutions. And then if you take that action to achieve those different routes, those different solutions in your real 3D world, then you'll start creating a very different reality instantaneously. Mm. And this starts off quite small. You know, you're just like, oh, yeah, I, I, I think differently about that situation now. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't activate me. It doesn't trigger me anymore. 
And then what happened with me is I just became obsessed with going, oh, fuck. I can spend a night, I can write down three or four areas of my life that I really want to work on and I, I want to be better at this. I want to experience that. I want to be really confident in this situation. And I can sit there and meditate and just role play under the influence in a heightened state of consciousness and awareness. And then I can pull all those learnings back into my normal everyday life. Mm. That, that, that's so powerful again. <clears throat> it's such an in incredible insight to actually bring into this conversation because it, it's a common thing that it's a common thing that um, a lot of the plant medicine uh, experiences that are available in the marketplace now um, neglect the post set post retreat integration period. And I know that when I know that when I had my first retreat experience, I had these amazing connections to my purpose and I just felt so clear and I saw life so easy. I thought I'm going to go back into life, man. This is going to be like so easy, you know, but at that moment in time, you know, I wasn't as aware of the way these things worked. And, you know, I went back and I very quickly just started doing the things that I used to do because it's habit. And I went back to my environment or my triggers to do those things exist. They've been created. And it's, it's kind of like in, in the ceremonies and the retreat, I had this connection to this authentic version of myself, but then I walked back into my everyday life and the life that I had created did not support me being that authentic version of myself. So it created this mass incongruency. And like for like six months, I was pretty much buckled, like really hated work, struggled to communicate with people. It was a, it was a real challenge. Mm. And these were the times when, you know, we as a, a collective, as a group, Pioneer, hadn't put in place the things that we have in place now. So, of course, we have weekly calls running up to and after the retreat, we have one-on-ones and we really, you know, play a lot of focus and attention on this. But something that I love that you're saying there is that this kind of brings um, a better connection. When you're role-playing in, in, in this higher state and when you're kind of like role-playing real life in this higher state, you almost connect the higher state and the lower state. You know, it brings this connection. So you're not having to come out of this higher state and then try to connect to that again in order to take the wisdom and, and, and change your life. You've, you've created new neural pathways in the brain in the medicine, which means you're closer to it being an automatic thing when you get back. That is so, so clever. That's so, yeah. so clever. And, that, and that, that, I think that's, yeah, that, that's fundamental because otherwise, what, because... I broke down my first ayahuasca experience where, you know, in the early days we didn't, we didn't have that deeper integration and support network after it. So I found it, I found it difficult to understand what I needed to do because, you know, you're, you're, you're opened up to everything you're trying, you're, you're trying to integrate, but you're not still not understanding what that means. Um, and like yourself, after, after my second ayahuasca, the, my, my big one, the, the, that, that huge cataclysmic shift in, in my personal being, you know, that, that took me six months, six months to, to work through. You know, mm. I, 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 was found, I found myself in a very, very challenging space because, and I've, I've spoken about this on previous podcasts, but after that last night, that big ayahuasca experience, 
I woke up and I thought I'd broken myself because for the first time in, 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 in memorable history, when I opened my eyes, there was no noise in my head. Mm. And, and I remember um, like literally getting out of the house, just like, oh my God, like I've got no thoughts in my head and all I can hear is nature and running to the forest and walking into the forest and just hearing the insects, the butterflies, the beetles on the ground, the trees, the wind, the smells. You can feel subtle energy in my fingertips and just go, oh, I still got a video of me literally filming myself walking around the, the forest just going, what the fuck is going on here? Just like literally completely blown away, completely present for the first time in my life. But it was a very alien environment for me. It was a very alien reality because for my entire life, I'd just, as soon as I'd woken up, it'd just be noise in my head, negative, negative, fear, 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 anxiety, depression, worry, self-loathing, self-judgment, just to nothing. And it took me six months just to get used to that state of nothingness. You know, I'd sit on my sofa at home just going, <laughs> just listening to noise because there's nothing in your head, like yeah. nothing, at all, nothing at all. And it was, it, it was, it was bizarre. But going back to like the sort of the accelerated healing or accelerated learning whilst using these, these, these plant medicines as tools, I think is, is, is fascinating. And I think, you know, as you're able to create clearer intentions and, and to dial in and become more self-aware, then the, these tools are, are exceptional. But they're, like you say, they're, they're, not, they're not a magic bullet. And mm. you, you have to go through deep integration you have to go for the healing you have to be able to let go of your past um but you know the plant medicines you know if you listen to them they'll they'll, they'll they will they will show you what you need to do mm. um it's it's just about tuning in you have to do a lot of ego work because i realize that with plant medicine work your ego is massively triggered a lot of the time mm. it'll create loads of bullshit stories and fear responses um, you know, because when you start pushing yourself in plant medicines, you know, you're, as far as your ego is concerned, is that you're, 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 you're moving away from the predictable familiar, which mm -hmm. it hates. It hates your ego hates anything which is outside of its control. So this is also an area which is interesting with people with plant medicines and also an area which you have to be mindful of when you're going down this route is that your ego will try and convince you that you've done your work and you have fixed yourself, you have healed. And, you know, this is very often you sort of see people, yeah, I did ayahuasca once and it, it fixed everything and I'm fine. And they're still ultimately getting massively triggered or people have been drinking ayahuasca for years and years and years and they're, they're, they're still, they're not integrating. Mm. And this is, the, this is the, I think, the most important part of what we do on our retreats is teaching people how to deeply integrate because yes. you don't want to be, you know, uh, I can't remember who said it. Was it Timothy Leary who sort of said, you know, once you get the message, hang up the phone, you know, psychedelics. Because from, from me using it every single day and it's, to Alan now Watts. where I... Yeah, Alan, Alan Watts, Alan Watts, yeah. Um, you know, to, to now I, I very rarely do any, uh, you know, psychedelic work outside of uh, the retreats. Um, because pretty much most of the time I don't feel I need it. I've, I've you know... Mm -hmm 
for a long period of time, I felt like I was microdosing mushrooms every single day anyway without even taking them just because, you know, you're vibrating higher. Once you spend a lot of time in that world and you're able to sit in that world present without sort of having your mind blown by it, you can really start to tune into that vibration. And once you're familiar with that vibration, as I said, you can then retune into it mm. anytime you want. Um, so that that's that's beautiful as well but yeah i i, I see the, the plants as as real tools and for those people who are really interested very seriously into radically changing their life then they can be the, the most powerful incredible um tool to help you get to to further points yeah do, do you know what it's like it's like a good metaphor here is it's like the spiritual gym is what it is you know you don't get fit and ripped by having a gym membership the gym membership is the catalyst which then requires you to go and do your work and 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 this is exactly it you know the the plant medicine can be seen as like a membership or a day pass or whatever you want to call it to this higher state of consciousness where in which you know you're going to bring stuff back and do your work with so it's but i think the further i've got into this the more i realize my favorite part of the retreats is the time in between the retreats obviously at the retreats it's magical like it's an incredible environment we, we always have amazing groups getting very careful with 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 creating the right environment and right energy and everything there is spectacular but because the because of the therapeutic element of the medicine and because that aspect of it is probably the thing that really resonates with me the most I love coming back into my life and playing the integration game. I love seeing the upgrades actually manifest in day-to-day -day activity. Like in just seeing the way that you're inherently different towards different things. It's, it's, it's absolutely phenomenal. And um, like with the, back to the noises and the voice, it's just something, I had a very, very similar experience. My, my, my voice in my head and the chit chatter was before bed. Like if I went to sleep without being stoned or without a couple of glasses of wine, like I would lay there for up to an hour. And like, even if there was nothing stressful in my life, in those moments, I would find things to become stressed about. You know, I would think about a bill that I have to pay in like three months or something and go, oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> What's the point? I would think about the most ludicrous thing. And what it was, it was almost like I was addicted to the sensation of worrying and the, and the nonsense. And I was just finding something to feed that addiction. And again, I had a very similar experience. Now, after plant medicine, it's like I, I came back and I could, I could sleep. And there was no noise at night. And like going to bed never used to be enjoyable for me. You know, I used to go, oh, I can't wait till I fall asleep because of this chatter. And now it's like, if it takes me three hours to fall asleep, I don't care because I'm laying in peace. Like, and that's such a big thing, man. That is such a valuable thing to be able to, 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 dampen that voice inside and i think we've talked about this a lot of time you hear a lot of people talking about killing the ego and killing this part of yourself and killing that part of yourself and, you know we must destroy this aspect and no that's all bullshit it's just, it's yeah, like, it's totally like, bullshit. like say my arm hurts so i have to cut my arm off 
like it's it's absolutely crazy it's these these parts of ourselves when we integrate them it's the lack of integration which causes the disruption it's not their presence it's not that they exist like if we didn't have egos we'd buckled <laughs> it wouldn't be it wouldn't be easy to live in this world they're they're incredible tools incredible piece of technology which have evolved over millions of years and to bring all of these disowned parts in you know, firstly, to face a disowned part is hard because it's normally connected to childhood trauma, things you don't want to accept about yourself, all of these things. But I find it's that piece. You bring this in through the medicine. You start to, to do this. And when you do that, like the impact permeates every part of your life. It just touches everything, whether it's having a clearer mind, whether it's going in to make a decision and being able to make it from a place of clarity because you can connect to what's important to you rather than try to fight your way through a load of stories you're telling yourself to get there and the way you can connect with your loved ones. And we've had this conversation about our respective partners in so much that the plant medicine has really allowed us to, to be far better partners, you know, to love at a deeper level, to love more profoundly uh, and to, to serve and support and contribute, you know, and create these mutually cultivating relationships. It's, it's, it's just so far-reaching. Yeah, and I think that's that that that, that brings up a, a a really good point. Um, you know, with with how I was before. Um, you know, when I was just drinking and you know taking painkillers, smoking dope. Um, you know, I was terribly unpresent because I was so so focused internally with my head and noise and just trying to moderate and and deal with all that craziness. That I was so unpresent you know, with, with my wife and that was really sad. And I didn't even, I didn't even notice it. I, I didn't even notice it. There's no comparison frame. No, no, I, I, with. no, I couldn't, I couldn't see it. And you know, that, that's one of the most beautiful side effects of me doing the work that I've done over this last sort of three, three years or so is that now my relationship, my wife is just a hundred times better. I mean, on, on just so many levels, because I'm not battling with my mental health. I'm not, I'm not having these stupid stories just going on, playing through my head. You know, it, all of that craziness, all that noise is just gone. So then you can just focus on the present moment, which in reality is all that really exists. <laughs> and, and when you're present and you just start to observe reality, then you realize that you can choose to react to anything you want externally. You're, and you're not being triggered. You're not a walking reaction anymore. Mm. You know, which is what I was my entire life. I was just, I was, I was going through this reality, getting triggered unconsciously by loads of stuff, which would then have these unconscious responses to those triggers, which would then play out a negative behavior pattern. Mm. and like we were sort of saying i think before i press record you know imagine going through life and when you pop off your mortal coil and you have this sort of life review and they're like hey hey boone you know how was your life yeah man i thought my life was great mm. yeah, well you know you only ever hit 20 percent of your full potential and you're like oh, sorry what 20 <laughs> percent ego is immediately triggered about that you're like, yeah, yeah, you, you only hit 20%. I'm like, no, I don't want to die and go through that process and then go stand in the reviewing room going, oh, fuck. You know, I, I, I ran away from my mental health. 
I avoided my anxiety, my depression. I avoided the bullshit stories and nonsense that I created. I set up all these little limitations and all these little blocks and resistances in my life. And if I hadn't have spent all that precious energy creating all that bollocks, which is all it really is, it's just bollocks. It's stories and nonsense you're telling yourself because of shit that's happened to you in the past, which no longer exists. Most of the time, it's not even your shit. It's stuff that your parents or your friends or your school or your society or your culture has just rudely projected all over you. You know, oh my God, actually, I don't even know who the hell I really am. Mm. I think I'm this character because my mum said I was this person. My brother called me that once. My friend at school teased me about this. And, I, and because of those things, I've created all these belief systems, these illusions, these rules. But then you're just like, no, 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 no. <laughs> the, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> this isn't the reality. We, 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 we are creating these limits, but we live in a limitless reality. This is silly. Why mm. am I spending my life restricting myself, which I, I, I'd restricted my entire life. And it's just become so, so obvious over mm. the recent years that I massively limited myself because of silly stories I was still telling myself from shit that happened 30 odd years ago. Yeah, and the, the author James Hollis, who is amazing and a recommendation I made to anybody, he wrote a book called The Middle Passage and he talks about the concepts of The Middle Passage being you know, it's the place where the, the, the midlife crisis is born. And essentially the reason it occurs in, in the middle part of, of most people's lives is that we grow up, we adopt a way of living, a way of being, a way of perceiving the universe and the reality around us, which isn't ours. It's indoctrinated into us, as you said a moment ago, by culture, family, teachers, whatever else. And for a lot of people, they get to a point in their life where they realize at some point they're living a life that isn't theirs. They haven't transitioned from these, these are the, this is the operating system, which I downloaded from my mum and dad, which allowed me to get through childhood. I got to 18. I upgraded to the new operating system, the adult uh, OS. And now I'm there, you know, there used to be these coming of age ceremonies with the tribes and everything, which used to, 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 to help to uh, trigger this. But so James Hollis talks about the fact that when you get to a point in your life, so you're in that first stage, you're living inauthentically. He has this wonderful quote. He says, your middle passage starts when your capacity for self-deception is exhausted and you see the enemy when you look in the mirror. And it's just like, when I hear, wow, I, I, you know, the hairs in the back of my neck stand up because this is exactly the, the, the stage that I got to before I went into doing that work in that middle space. And the interesting thing is and this comes back to what triggered this thought was when you were talking uh about being triggered and it's a choice and and and, and whatever else like i used to be known as just like a really angry man when i was younger then you spent enough time with me to to probably see that that's not the case with me now <laughs> it's quite the opposite i'm super chilled like dragging my hands on the floor i'm so laid back kind of guy but i used to be super angry super easy to trigger like really 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 easy and I remember as I hit that middle passage point, and it was, it was about a year before I found Peter's work, and it was really triggered by the birth of my son. So my son was born, and I started having the conversations with myself, and what am I going to teach him? What am I going to tell him about the world? You know? And I was like, well, I'm fucking angry all the time, and I'm really unhappy with this, and I'm really unhappy with that. Like, what can I teach him? Like, I can teach him this, and this is shit. 
<laughs> there needs to be something else and it kind of so so my my middle passage was triggered at that moment but if i look at the distinction between those times in my life and these times in my life like i was i was just a walking trigger you know like anything could set me off like literally anything set me off and now it's like the opposite whereas people you know if somebody gets triggered around me you know when people get triggered they want everyone else to get triggered with them so you can all join in that little pity party because it just doesn't ever happen i actually find people getting annoyed with me when something breaks down and i don't get triggered like the it's the perception that i don't care <laughs> almost but it's like you're just not kind of being triggered by it and again that for me that might be the and this is a major massive statement to make that may be the single most important aspect of my growth and evolution that I've had over these last few years, because it gives me the ability to stay in my center and it gives me the ability to keep my, you know, cognitive function and my ability to communicate and, and do whatever else at a high level. Cause as we know, when we get triggered, cortisol is produced, we become a stupid version of ourselves and we make bad decisions basically. So I think that's been one of the, the biggest things. And again, you know, that comes from, you know, the middle passage being triggered by something occurring in your life and you realizing that things aren't right. But again, if we come back to the medicine, like it's hard because I don't have the comparison frame. So I've only lived one life right now. Anyway, we won't get to that. But <laughs> um, another, another podcast. Yeah, another <laughs> podcast indeed. Um, but I get the sense that had I had to work through that in what is probably the mainstream way of, you know, counseling and, and this, that, and the other it would have been an arduous task, one that I may not have followed through with because it would have taken so much dedication and commitment and, you know, follow through with it. And we say the medicines aren't a silver bullet, but they're definitely a fast track. There are fast oh. track things to be realized. So they don't solve everything, but you can essentially have like a five hour, uh, five years worth of therapy in a five hour mushroom session. And if you're in that stage of your life where you, the middle passage feels right, things aren't working, you don't feel like you're living authentically. I haven't experienced anything in my life that brings that clarity as quickly as the plant medicine does. And again, obviously you then have to work to achieve that clarity and allow that to manifest this stuff that comes beyond it. But that awareness. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with you. I, um, you know, so I, I mean, I've, I've spent my life working with clients you know, trying to pick through and, and, and heal past traumas and let go of limiting beliefs and all this sort of jazz. And the sort of the traditional methods of talking therapies and, you, you know, behavioral analysis and all this sort of stuff is, as you say, a long, arduous task. And very often because what happens is that you're, you're taking someone, you know, for a classic talking therapy, you're taking them back into that space from the, you know, and, and, you know, very often lowering their vibration as they go back into that, that, that emotional trauma memory. Um, but that's the beauty of if you're using a plant medicine is that it softens that ego, but it also allows you to look at it from multiple different points of view perspectives from that higher level of awareness and consciousness so and it, it, it takes us back to that, that that statement you know you can't expect to fix something from the same level of consciousness that it was created so it makes perfect sense that you're able to have these sort of these larger quantum jumps mm. you know in in healing and this is why you do hear this sort of anecdotal responses from people all around the world who have gone through uh, some form of psychedelic therapy session 
It's like, oh my God, it feels like I've just done 10 years of therapy in a night. Because yes, it is. Because you can have that awareness. You can see what's blocking you so clearly because it's there. It's like you're watching it on screen. Whereas in a normal state of consciousness, your everyday, you're not going to because you're going to be bounced straight back to that past trauma uh, time, which means you are, you're coming from that time. Yeah, you're stuck in a loop. You're, you're yeah. stuck in an experiential loop. Totally, to totally. And this is why you see people, you know, who who take part in therapy, but they're in therapy for years. Mm -hmm. They're in therapy for years, and this is something that I, as as, as a therapist, I've seen. I've had people clients for years, and you're like, oh, do you know what? I, I I don't feel we're really getting anywhere. You know, we we're, we're just upping meds. And we're just talking every week. We're, ju we're just trying to keep them stable. But are we actually really making any differences? No, often not, or, or very slowly. Whereas the difference I've seen now with clients is, and, and, it, and also it's important to, to note that, you know, we're not just do it using plant medicines. We're using different techniques. We're using energy work. We, we, we're using multiple different techniques that we've all collectively learned over the years to combine it. So you've got the, the plant medicines as one of the picks, the lock picks to the lock, but you're combining a number of different picks before you can start to create that deeper unlocking of healing. Mm. There's, there's not one tool works for all. It's, I, I think it's very much a, a combination and it's going to be a different combination for most people, but it's going to be a combination of tools and it's, from my from my experience, it's, it's plant medicines tied in with with different forms of energy works, mm -hmm. um, which is super super powerful. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I think it's magical that there are these natural tools that grow naturally here on this planet that can have these absolutely profound effects, and I find it gobsmacking that in this day and age where mental health is absolutely rife. And we have clinical data to suggest that a single or secondary dose of psilocybin can have profound effect on those patients with treatment-resistant depression. So this is these poor people, which there are at least a couple of hundred million of them globally, about 200 million people globally, suffer from treatment-resistant depression. So this, what that means is that these poor people have tried every single pharmaceutical drug. They've tried every single talking therapy, CBD, or any, anything to try and help them with their, their, their depressive states. And they've gone into a clinical trial where they have taken a single or secondary dose of psilocybin, fairly small, and they have had profound differences in their mental health for so, very often for months, if not constantly. So that's hugely exciting just in itself that a single dose in a therapeutic setting can help people with treatment resistant depression have a break from that condition for, for months, if not many months. Um, and I think that, that, that to me just shows just the in-depth power. And then what really gets my imagination going is like, ah, okay, so then if we are going to combine if we're going to stack layer these different types of technologies to really deeply unpick to create that deep personal transformation that we're also keen to help our clients achieve 
then this whole thing gets exceptionally exciting because with it shows that with 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 the with the right supportive pre retreat support work which we do with the continuation of the support throughout the experience and the continuation of support post experience using all the different technologies and techniques that collectively we have all learnt and we've found very valuable and useful on our in our own personal journeys then i think it, it it's yeah it's very very exciting and we have seen incredible results with with our clients over the last couple of years you know you know where people are just like my life has totally changed and and, and that that's that's hugely exciting to hear people go to you oh my god you know wow i had this incredible experience and thank you for saying this to me at this point in my experience and you know it, it, i can't personally think of better work to do and, and and more needed work to do at this point in human evolution and human history is to help us free ourselves from these huge limiting belief systems that we all suffer from these traumas these stories we tell ourselves to really start to step in to our absolute power absolute authenticity to 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 hand over the fear of the what ifs because fear is just a complete illusion and when you step towards that fear you realize it's just a mirage and as soon as you step through it it just disappears and then the other side of it you're like oh my god this is like toontown this is really yeah. cool the other side yeah like, why have i feared coming here for so long there's a there's a, a saying of rory kilmartin um amazing teacher of archetypes as we know he uses a metaphor here and he talks about the fears in your life is if you've seen scooby-doo because yes. scooby-doo when you were young you know the bad guy in scooby-doo was always like the janitor or something but he had a mask on or you know just a sheet over him pretending to be a ghost and Rory talks about our fears being like that you know it's terrifying it looks like a big monster but when we confront these fears we realize it's just it's the janitor wearing a mask it's nothing to be scared of it's a complete illusion that it's the, the big scary monster that we think it is it is and, and and sadly you know so many of us so many of us stop ourselves from ever really doing the things that we really would like to do very often because of some unproven fear we have created we have created in our mind and because we've created it in our mind our physical body doesn't know the difference between a stupid story you're telling yourself or real life life-fired dangerous situation i really should be worried that something's going to go wrong and by creating these stories even just role-playing it oh but, but what if this doesn't work out those creating those seeds of doubt you self-sabotage because yeah. you're never going to go towards it and the, i think the biggest the biggest lesson which actually sort of all tied itself together for me fairly recently a month before we went on our retreat in October, I was with Greg and Bjorn and Benoit, uh, who were doing some Bufo work. And they did a, a, a three-on-one ceremony just for me, which was just such a beautiful privilege. And what I encountered and what I experienced in that 45-minute explosion of consciousness was that Everything in my life, good, bad, right or wrong, had been designed by me, for me, 
to ultimately push me <laughs> to, to, to grow, to face all of those things that made me feel uncomfortable. And as you start to recognize that everything in our lives has been developed and created to help us evolve, and, we, and as soon as you decide, I'm just going to go through this, and it's going to be temporary, because it's always temporary. I'm going to go through this. But if I go through this, if I, if I challenge myself, if I face this fear, if I have the balls just to go towards that thing, which is going to make my body feel uncomfortable and trigger a load of nervous responses in this physical body. But if I can tell myself that I'm not this body, I'm not the stories that I'm creating, I'm the being observing all of this. And if I can just move through this and tell myself this is a bit like a computer game, so whilst it looks a bit scary on screen, but if I just push through this, it's going to be fine, then you'll experience, you'll start to unlock all of those freedoms mm. that we all deeply desire. You recognize that this entire reality is just this wonderful game. And there's moments of it which are just absolutely joyous. Everything works perfectly for us and we can celebrate those triumphs. There's going to be times that we're going to face things that make us feel temporarily really fucking uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But you can run from it, which means every single time you go back close to that thing, you're going to get that trigger. You're going to feel that shit feeling again, which means you're going to run back and you're just going to play this yo-yo thing with it for the rest of your days. <laughs> Head in the sand. I'm going to stay away from you, buddy. I don't like you. No, no, no. But... If I was to tell you, if you were to run towards that thing you're scared of and you punch through that veil of fear, you turn around and you see that veil of fear is nothing but a constructive thought process that you've created. Mm. Not even real. And you're like, oh, shit. I'm the master of my reality. I'm the co-creator of this reality. And I'm the guy writing the rules, writing the script. And I'm the guy writing the fear script that I'm now playing out and being scared of. <laughs> and... And actually, I can just press delete. <laughs> no, nope, I don't like that story. Let's change that one. <laughs> it's like when you finally walk through the door, you realize there was no door. There's no door. <laughs> There's nothing. And, and if there is a door, you're the fuck who's drawn it. <laughs> so just, just rub it out. Just erase it. No, I don't like that door. Limitation. Let's get rid of that. Let's delete that. Yeah. No, absolutely. And it's, it's, um, it, it, if you look at the, if you, if you chunked up and looked at our entire conversation right now and you had to find a theme, you had to connect a thread running through all of the, 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 the benefits and the, the wonderful things about working with the medicine that we've talked about. I think one of the running themes, themes and threads that go through that is, is clarity and personal ownership because we, we get these states of absolute clarity and in those moments we can see life for what it is rather than seeing the, the web of illusion that sits in front of us. And we can feel ourselves for what we truly are. Now, without that level of clarity and awareness, like it's very hard to take real divine sovereign ownership of yourself because you can't. No. You, you don't know you and you, you don't know your environment. And as we know, we are... We're not just in an environment. We are the environment around us. We are interconnected with the environment. We are an extension of that environment. So it's, you know, how can we win a game we don't know the rules on? It's like running onto the rugby field, understanding the rules of football, and you're not going to get very far. And, and, you know, that's what this is for me. It's, it's 
sovereign ownership is what this gets you into the position of doing. And, you know, when you're stepping into your sovereign and you're owning that shit in your life, things can only go in one direction. Mm. They can only go in one direction. And I think this has been a, a, a beautiful exploration that we've had in, in terms of it. Well, I, who knows what people are going to think when they watch it, but I've enjoyed it. And, and for me, that's the most important aspect. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I think, you know, we, we talked about having other calls where we actually, you know, focus on each of the different medicines that we've personally experienced and go into a bit of depth on that. Um, so that sounds good. Is there any any feeling in this moment as to for our next call, what's the first one you want to explore or uh, anything coming through? I think I think a conversation to be had because I think a lot of people I think a lot of people are very interested in in, in the idea of using plant medicines to overcome mental health issues, limitations, blockages, resistance that they know that they have deep inside, but maybe aren't ready to, to face. Um, I think it'd be an interesting conversation just to dive deeper into how and why they can help. And, you know, I mean, obviously everybody's journey is personal and subjective to them. Um, but just the sort of the deeper implications of starting a plant medicine journey, because it's not, it's not one to take on lightly because it is, it, it is gonna, it, you have to be aware and you have to be ready to face your dark side, your, the stuff that you have avoided all of your life, your truths that burn you. And, you know, if you're prepared to, if you're prepared to have blunt, honest conversations with yourself and you're prepared to cry and you're prepared to let stuff go and you're prepared to forgive, mainly forgive yourself, then you will fundamentally start to have a very different reality experience. And you will start to understand that you are the master of your reality and your reality is created by the stories that you tell yourself and the beliefs that you have about yourself and the limitations you believe that are restricting you. And that's a very, very powerful position. That's a very powerful journey to start because once you start experiencing and seeing life from a higher perspective, you can't go back to normal life. And once you have a real breakthrough, regardless of what you're using, a breakthrough of ayahuasca, a 10 gram experience on psilocybin where you are just punched through and you find yourself in just such a different world with just untold clarity. I mean, we talk about clarity and people can probably go, imagine what they might think clarity might feel like from a three-dimensional, strictly human perspective. But until you and I know this is very alien to anybody who hasn't done plant medicines or haven't really sort of pushed their mind out of what it, 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 it believes that it is, then you can't possibly understand the deeper level of magic that you and I are talking about. Mm -hmm. And I want everybody who chooses to go down this journey to have the experiences that I've had because 
when people have conversation with me and they go, Boone, you know, I, I love your videos. I love your take on life. I love your energy. You know, I love your message. You know, I'd really love to be in that sort of frame of mind. And I know in my heart and soul that everybody can attain it. And I want everybody to have that moment of clarity where they're just like, oh, shit, this is the game at play. And once you recognize that this reality is a game, it's a temporary game experience that we are having as divine beings of consciousness, then you can start to let go of all of that three-dimensional physical limitations, those fears, those restrictions that most of the time have been projected onto you by third parties or have been created by your own misunderstanding of the reality that you're currently in. And I know that over the coming years that we, these, 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 these technologies, these plant technologies will fundamentally be a catalyst for shifting human consciousness up mm. to the next level of our human evolution. And I've seen it. I've, I've seen it with people. I've, I've seen dozens and dozens and dozens of people do ayahuasca and go through the experience. I've watched hundreds of people go through psilocybin. I've taken people through psilocybin and DMT experiences myself. And I see that moment where they just go, oh, shit. Mm. I can start to let go of all of that nonsense I've been telling myself, all of those fears, all of that stuff, all those limitations. None of that's real. I can let go of that and I can step into being me because I know who I am deep down. You know who you are. You know what you want to achieve. And once you start stepping into that authenticity and becoming really you and shining your light, and this is something that I've experienced for years, the idea of doing a podcast, terrifying, never going to do that. The idea of talking about my alcoholism and drug addiction and, and oh my God, publishing it online to the world, mm. total vulnerability. I mean, like, no way am I doing that. I don't even like the sound of my own voice on, 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 on film. So uh, that's going to trigger me. That's going to make me feel insecure. Are people going to think I'm posh? Oh God, you know, all this negative feedback, fear, fear, fear. None of it was real. <laughs> None of it was real. I've never had a single negative comment from any of my videos or any of my podcasts. I've done it. Actually, total opposite. I've had thousands of thousands of emails from people all over the world going, dude, I love the fact that you're just being so honest about your journey. Mm. And the more of us who can start being honest about how we experience in this human experience, then we start to realize, oh my God, we're all very similar. We're all experiencing this craziness. And actually, I've had an experience that really helps me. So I'm going to share that with you. Because why? Because I want you to experience what I've experienced. I want you to wake up with that clarity of mind with none of those invasive, horrible thoughts which are going to prevent you from finding happiness and fulfillment. Mm -hmm. That's just nuts. We did not incarnate on this incredible planet to limit ourselves. You can choose to. There's nothing wrong with that. Free will reality. You can choose to set up and create any limitation you want. But you didn't come here to do that. You came here into this reality to have this 3D physical body so you could touch the material world. So you could create. You could explore. 
you could see what you could do with limitless potential. And, and we're really starting to understand this more. This isn't just some woo-woo nonsense from the, 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 the pseudo-spiritual ayahuasca-esque communities who just sit around just drinking cocktails of psychedelics, getting <laughs> super high. This stuff's backed up by science. Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about the quantum reality, the electromagnetic reality that we find ourselves in, how we can manifest, how we do co-create our reality, how you can shift your reality by choosing to relabel the experiences that you have. We are the masters. The majority of us don't believe that. We think we're the victims. We think reality happens to us. Mm. Instead, reality happens for us. Everything we experience is happening for us to push us to grow. And once you recognize that, and once you recognize that you can start handing over shit that holds you back, like using technology like the unity bubble, as soon as you're triggered, as soon as you're activated, as soon as you experience pain, fear, or doubt, do you want to keep it? No, I don't want to keep this. Fuck that off. Delete it. Delete that file. And then it's gone. And then you realize that as you go through life and you can delete all these other useless files, which are old, you created them from, for something years ago, which no longer exists. It only exists in memory and imagination. It doesn't exist anywhere else. But that memory, that imagination is probably really preventing you from ever feeling fulfilled, confident, happy. Delete that shit. Why hold on to it? We could create a dramatically different reality for everybody on this planet within about 10 years, if we all started just to raise our consciousness and go, we don't have to live like this. Mm. Collectively, if we all started every single day to meditate for 10 minutes, just thinking about how fucking awesome this beautiful planet is and how appreciative and how much gratitude we all have for everything that we have, we would shift the collective consciousness in weeks we would start to eradicate stuff that holds us back and stops us from achieving. Simple shifts in consciousness, Mm. like so fast, if we just started to be taught and to learn how to do these things. And Mm. that's what I find passionate. And that's, that's what I love. And, And this is what you can start to achieve and experience through being brave and going deep into your personal journey of self-discovery, really exploring who the hell you are. Because the majority of us, we've never even met ourselves. Because that little voice, who we really are, is so quiet, it's so subtle in the background, just whispering. If you don't tune into it, because your ego is much louder, they'll create much more noise. Then you're, you're disconnecting from spirit, you're disconnecting from your higher self. And once you learn that you can tune into your higher self and you've got this thing called intuition, that knowing feeling that we can all relate to, but most of the time we just push to the side. And then when the event happens, we're like, oh, fuck, I knew this was going to happen. He warned me two weeks ago, but I ignored it because I've kind of disconnected from my, my, my deeper spiritual side because I think I'm just this human in this meat suit stuck, restricted by limitations and rules. No, you're not. You're a limitless being of consciousness. The only rules that you create are the ones that you create in your heads. There are no rules. Like literally, there are no rules. Just the ones that we create. Mm. 
very beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just wonderful. And I'm just like, I just want everyone to experience this, <laughs> this, this world because, it, you know, the world would just be in a much better place. Everyone would be much happier. Life would be good. It would be. It's, it's, I, you know, I spent my childhood up until the age like 28, 29 years old, not believing in magic at all. And these last few years has been just, just seeing how, as you say, how limitless we are, how magical we are. So yeah, to, I, I think just to, to summarise the conversation, I'm not sure how long we've been going on, but as, as I said, you know, we will go in depth to, with describing our personal experience of each of the different plant medicines, and, and we can and we can start talking more about the uh, the fundamentals of integration and the importance of integration. I think would be super super important. Yeah. Um, but yeah, basically, just to wrap up what I was saying is just you know, it's my passion now to really help facilitate and to teach people how to get the very most out of using this what i can only describe as this phenomenal almost like alien technology which has the just beautiful ability to help show you from different levels of consciousness and perception and awareness where you need to make or where you're where you can make tweaks to your existence your belief systems your realities which will then fundamentally help you have a much easier, much more fulfilling life. And I think that's, I think the world could definitely benefit from, from that right now, because if we look at human history, the way we are operating in this reality isn't working. It's, it's not working that, you know, in the 21st century, we're still killing people. There's still, you know, horrendous acts against humanity happening. And, you know, 21st century, there's still millions of children dying every single year through starvation. There's still millions of people who can't read or write. There's still millions of people who don't have access to clean water or, or safe environments. Uh, you know, we've had all this sort of deep exposure of abuse and, and, and child sex trafficking, which is just, it's just awful. So there needs to be a fundamental shift in, in human consciousness. And I think that starts with taking personal ownership and responsibility and um, facing your own demons and dark darkness so as as a collective we start off individually we heal individually then collectively we we, we were healed because we are living in a collective co-created reality and the reason why the reality is so dark and dingy at the moment with all this horrible craziness going on is because that is part of who the collective consciousness is so we have to improve and raise that collective consciousness and when we do that we'll see a collective reality shift and this is where we start talking about moving from that three-dimensional uh, reality experience into a five-dimensional reality experience it is only going to be created collectively on a collective level um, individuals you know high consciousness individuals we'll, we'll be able to experience absolutely but we're not going to unlock the magic of this new reality until the collective tune in and shift as a whole beautiful <laughs> let's get going let's get perfect <laughs> so yeah so um well listen uh, nick and i are going to be doing many more of these conversations um we'll be as i said discussing all the different plant medicines that we've worked with collectively and individually and going into deep detail about our personal experiences with those um, but I can see us going into 
deeper aspects of reality and consciousness and mental health and self-improvement and just how we can collectively start supporting and helping each other just create a much better world for all of us uh, because it's win-win it's win-win we start to improve the world for all of us everything just goes a bit more fluid and flowy and uh, that's certainly the reality that i want to live in and the reality i want to create for my children so um there's no time like the present absolutely thank Super. you well listen nick it's been beautiful to have a conversation with you i love you dearly brother you know that and um yeah let's just let's just have more conversations and we'll get the audience involved and you know if there's any topics or subjects that you want us to discuss then just dm just dm us and they'll send me an email and we'll, we'll we can start composing lists and start doing custom conversations depending on what popular topics of discussion people want us to cover yeah that sounds fun smashing all right dude well you get back to your beautiful 26 degrees sunny weather in southern <clears throat> tenerife um, down the beach i think i wanted down the beach somewhere to plot <laughs> that's my next move <laughs> Um, yeah, I think I'm going to uh, stay in because it's grey. I've got some. <laughs> I've got some furniture I need to build. It's um, a very 3D day. Very nice. Very, very 3D. But I really <laughs> enjoy it. I like. I like being creative and and, and building mm. that. So that'd be fun. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, dude. Big love, and we'll chat soon. Look forward to it, bro. Have a good one. See you Take soon. it easy, brother. Bye, bye, bye.